Welcome to the Dogwood Podcast, a presentation of Dogwood Church. For more information, visit dogwood.church. We hope you enjoyed the message. Well, good morning to you. Hope you're well. My name is John Warnock. I'm one of the pastors here at Dogwood, and I'm uh, glad to be here with you this morning uh, to continue uh, getting uh, ourselves ready for 2018. Now, uh, how many of you guys made any kind of resolutions at all this year? Anybody? All right. Wow. We're going to change the message this morning and talk about some of the things that we can do for our resolution. So either that or you don't like raising your hands, that's fine, I get it. Um, Some of you may have thought maybe about making some resolutions, and some of those things you might have thought about maybe were some health-related things, right? Like maybe getting back to the gym, eating a little better, uh, something along those lines. Uh, One of the things that that Lindsay and I, uh, a number of years ago, said that we would do at the beginning of every year is we would make sure that we get the annual physical scheduled, right? Y'all know what the annual physical is, and how many of y'all like that thing? Man, nobody likes that, right? I hate it. I don't like getting my finger pricked. I don't like having blood come out of my arm into little vials. I mean, it makes me want to pass out and all kinds of stuff. Um, I I don't like it at all. Uh, If you like it, we have counselors in the back, and they're going to help you uh, through all of that. And if you don't like it, like me, and you need help getting there, we have our doctors and physicians here uh, that will counsel you to go get that done. But, but as much as I don't like the yearly physical, there is one aspect of it that I do like, and it's the results of the blood test, right? Now, if you've ever had a blood test done, they'll mail you, or you can get online, and you can kind of see all of the different things they tested. I don't have a clue what any of those words mean, Right, I know numbers though, and so what I like looking at is I like looking at like whatever my number was, and I compare that to what they say my number should be, or within the range, or above a certain number, or below a certain number. Right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all seen that report? I like that report because I can look at it and go, "Oh, I'm doing all right," or "Oh, you know, I need to make a change." A number of years ago, uh, after one of those blood tests, uh, my doctor said, "Hey, you have a number that's a little bit out of whack." Um, it was my good cholesterol number, and I don't even know what that's called either. But the good cholesterol number, right, was too low. And they said, here's what we need you to do. We need you to start exercising more and eating better. And for those of you guys that heard me preach recently, I still don't eat broccoli even after that. But what I did do was as I started exercising more regularly, and I started eating healthier, Right? Then the next year rolls around, I go and get the blood test again, and it comes back, and we see that that number went up like the doctor wanted it to. And over the years, we've, I've gotten to see that. Now, let me just be honest with you for a second. As much as I say I want to live a healthy life, what is it that motivated me to actually make some of those changes? It was the blood test that showed that my number wasn't what it should have been. Right? Otherwise, I wouldn't have changed any of the, my other habits that I have in life. I'd have been like, man, things are going great. I have no, no clue what's happening. And I would have just kept going. Well, today we're going to give you the gift. Don't worry, it's not going to hurt like a regular physical, but the gift of an assessment time. 
Uh, and we're going to help give you the gift of helping you develop a plan to grow and make a, a difference in your spiritual growth. Now, if you were a part of the Dogwood Church family last year at this time, you might remember that we did uh, a, a spiritual health assessment. We're using the same one. It's okay that we're using the same one. Uh, because when we go through this today, what I want you to know is there's not an answer key out to the right that says, here's the ranges that you need to be in. Really, if this is the first time you're taking this test, what you're doing is you're setting a baseline. It doesn't matter what your neighbor sitting next to you puts. Don't, don't even look at their sheet. It doesn't matter that what their score is because they may uh, rate themselves higher than what they should have or lower than what they should have. What you're doing is you're trying to establish a baseline for where you are and what you think you're doing and how you think you're doing in your walk with Christ. Does that make sense? All right, so we are going to uh, give you that gift of time in just a little while. We're going to walk through that uh, assessment together. Um, but before we do, I want to share with you some choices that you and I need to make to help us grow in the areas that this assessment's going to call out in our lives. All right, before we get there, I want to pray for us. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for life and the joy that you give us. As we come out of this Christmas season and into this new year, help us to always be thankful for you. And today, Lord, we're looking at our spiritual growth and how we're doing in our relationship with you. So we ask, God, that your Holy Spirit will speak with us, to us, reveal things to us, that we would listen. And God, that you'd give us the power to live a life that brings you honor and glory. And it's in your Son's name we pray. Amen. So some choices that you and I can make that will help us to grow spiritually. First choice is this. Choose to believe that God wants you to grow spiritually. Choose to believe that God wants you to grow spiritually. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 12 through 15. Their responsibility. Now, who is there talking about? It's talking about verse 11 where it says pastors and teachers. But here's what it says. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ, until we come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature and full-grown in the Lord, measuring up to the full stature of Christ then we will no longer be like children, forever changing our minds about what we believe because someone has told us something different or because someone has cleverly lied to us and made the lie sound like the truth. Instead, we will hold to the truth in love, becoming more and more in every way like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. That passage teaches us that God wants us and desires for us to grow. It says that, that God wants us to be mature in the Lord. I love the way that the message translation says that phrase. It says, God wants you to grow up. God wants you to grow up so that we will no longer be like children. And he says what this is going to look like. He says, it will result in speaking the truth and love, growing in every way to be more and more like Christ. That verse, God would not put those words in this verse, in this passage, if his desire for you as a follower of Christ wasn't to grow. He wouldn't say, here's something I want you to do and then not really care about that. Right? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 
Verse 1 says, finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God as we have taught you. You are doing this already and we encourage you to do so more and more. This verse is implying that this is something that we grow in over time. It's something that we get better at more and more over time as we grow. Now, how many of you in this room are parents? It's okay to raise your hand on this one. All right. The vast majority of this room is parents. If you're not a parent, you'll, you'll still understand this. I think, as a parent, don't you want your kids to grow up and mature? Yes. Now, truth be told, I miss some of the days when they were like when, when my boys were three and four years old, and you'd walk in and they would come whatever it was that they were doing, they would come running, they'd grab around my leg, and I'd have to like carry them around the house as they rode on my feet. Right? I do miss those days. But let me tell you, as now that my kids are sixteen and thirteen, you know what I don't miss? can't imagine having to feed a 16-year-old with a spoon, right? I can't imagine trying to change the diaper of a 16-year-old boy. I know that's gross. But the reality is, is I want my kids to grow and develop into mature followers of Christ who love God and love people and make a difference in this world for God's kingdom. They can't do that if they stay three and four years old. Matter of fact, I want them, when they grow, I want them to move out of my house. Right? Yeah, some of you are saying that. Now, I'll miss the days of when they're young, but I don't want them to be 45 years old living in dad's basement. Right? You don't want that either. God wants you to grow. He doesn't want you to stay immature. He wants you to grow in your faith. By the way, boys, if y'all are listening to this one day, my basement is always available to you as any parent would do that, right? But I want them to grow and I want them to land on their own two feet and I want them to have lives that matter for God and his kingdom. Now, Here's the cool part about this choice is this. Is that if we make this choice and we allow God to work in and through us, he is the one that causes us to grow. He's the one that causes us to grow. It's not something that we just try harder and try harder and try harder. God says, no, if you submit to me and choose, I'll grow you. But there's a second choice that we need to make. And it's it's this choice. It's be intentional about growing spiritually. Be intentional about growing spiritually. If you want to succeed in anything in life, you have a better chance of succeeding if you have a plan and follow it, right? If you are in financial straits, things aren't good, one of the things that will help you is to go through a class called Financial Peace University. In that class, it'll teach you how to have a plan to come up with a budget to tell your dollars how they're going to be spent. There's a greater chance of you getting out of debt if you follow that plan than if you just say, man, it sure would be nice if I had more money and was out of debt. That doesn't work very well. But if you have a plan, you develop a budget, you start following it, guess what? You'll get out of debt over time. Or if you want to run a marathon, most of us don't have the ability to get up off the couch after watching the Falcons game and go run a marathon. Most of us need something along the lines of how to run a marathon in five years, like from the couch to a marathon in five years, right? That's what I would need. But the reality is if I followed that plan, it could get me to a spot where I could run to my mailbox and back, right? Follow the plan and I'll have a greater chance of succeeding. 
Well, there's a couple of things that I want to tell you about a plan here at Dogwood. One is spending time with God on a daily basis by reading his word. Uh, David Hodge, last week during our message, he talked about the um, Daily Walk Bible. We have those available for sale out in the lobby. Uh, In that Daily Walk Bible, it gives you a plan on how to on how to spend time in Scripture and go through the, the, entire, the entirety of Scripture in a year's time. And if you follow that plan, it will give you a picture of what God is doing. It will cause you to love Him more and to understand Him more. And so we would encourage you to do that. But there's another plan that we have here at Dogwood, and we call it the Dogwood Journey. And we want to encourage you to be a part of the Dogwood Journey if you haven't already. There's going to be a graphic that comes up on the screen. It looks a little bit like a baseball diamond. Uh, and first base of this baseball diamond is what we call the Belong Seminar. The belong, it's the Membership Covenant, Class 101. It's a commitment to membership. What this is, is it's how we practice fellowship here at Dogwood. It's, it, fellowship is just learning to live life with one another. What does it mean to, to be a brother or sister in Christ to other people? And how do we live and operate together? It's about being the body of Christ together. And we believe here at Dogwood that people who make a commitment to living in Christian fellowship with one another by being a member of a church will help you to grow. We believe Scripture teaches that. That class will uh, help you to understand that. But then there's second base, which is uh, the Grow class, 201, the Maturity Covenant, the discipleship piece to our Dogwood Journey plan. In that class, uh, or in that seminar, we teach uh, some of the habits, not every habit, but we teach some of the habits that you can implement in your life that will help you grow spiritually. Things like being a part of a life group, giving generously, spending time with God will help you develop a plan of what that really looks like and how to do that. And then third base is what we call um, the Serve Ministry Covenant, Class 301. It's committed to ministry. In that seminar, what we do is we help you to see and to discover that you as a follower of Christ are uniquely gifted and created by God to use your gifts here and around the world. Every one of us was given at least one spiritual gift, gift, but we also have natural talents and abilities that God wants to use for his kingdom. And in that seminar, we'll help you discover those and we'll put you with a coach that will walk alongside of you to help you find that right spot of serving. And then there's Home Plate, which is uh, what we call Class 401 or SHARE. It's about being committed to live a life on mission. And in that seminar, we help you to learn what does it mean to share your faith faith with other people and how do you do that? What are some tools and where do you do that? Where you live, work, and play. We help build a framework for you. And it's done all in the context of worshiping God. Now, I want you to, to know this. These classes, they're not intended to be a checkbox to say, hey, I've done that, now I'm ready to grow, or now I have grown spiritually. What they are intended to be are classes that will help you start the journey of growing spiritually. All right, so when you complete that, it's not like, okay, I'm done, and you just kind of go on your way. These are intended to help you start a lifestyle of belonging, a lifestyle of growing, a lifestyle of serving, a lifestyle of sharing, and a lifestyle of worship. We spent this past fall 
as a church family even going through these same five areas in our fall spiritual growth campaign where we were studying, what on earth am I here for? Why would we do that? Because we believe that if we get those things and understand those things and begin to apply those things in our lives, that we will grow in our love for God and in our love for other people and that we will make a difference in the world then. But there's a third choice that we need to make. It's this, the choice to not go it alone. Growing spiritually is best done in the context of relationships. It's not intended to be done alone by yourself. If you're married, grow spiritually with your spouse. If you're not married, find an accountability partner, someone that will walk along with you and to help you to grow. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25 say this. Think of ways to encourage one another to outbursts of love and good deeds and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage and warn each other, especially now that the day of his coming back again is drawing near. This passage of scripture is saying that you aren't intended to live life alone. You're not intended to grow spiritually alone. That we are to not neglect meeting together. What that means is is that we make it a priority to grow with other people. Again, whether that's your spouse, an accountability partner, or people in your life group. There's a couple of guys uh, that's in my life that we made a commitment after this fall campaign that we would hold one another accountable in our walk with Christ, in our relationship with our spouses, and in, in, in our work, and in our relationship with our families. And this past November, we went on a 12-mile hike up in the mountains and a 12 to 15-mile bike ride back to where we started. And truth be told, on the bike ride, I wanted to stop and uh, just wait for them to come pick me up with the car. I was hurting. My knees hurt. It was getting dark. It was cold. But we kept encouraging one another. But you know what I loved most about that hike? Not the bike ride. I hated the bike ride. But what I loved most about the bike, uh, the hike was the conversation that we had. To hike those 15 miles took us, I think, I don't know, five, six, seven hours, something like that. It took us a while. So up in the mountains, it was, it was steep terrain. We had great conversation, asking one another how we were doing in our relationship with Christ, in our relationship with our spouses. And you know, one of the reasons why I think we had, this is an, a side note, but one of the reasons why I think we had great conversations because we weren't looking at each other while we were hiking. We were, we were just hiking, we were looking out at the, at, the, at, the, at the scenery. We were looking at the trail ahead. We didn't have to look at each other in the eye. By the way, a separate a side note, if you still have kids at home and you need to have a good hard conversation with them, take them for a drive. You have to stay focused on the road. They're able to look out the window as you're having some of those good hard conversations. But you'll be amazed at the, the deep conversation that comes out of that. Well, On this hike again, We made a commitment to one another that we would pray for one another, that we would hold one another accountable, and that we would regularly check in with one another to see how we were doing in our walk with Christ and with our spouses and with work and with our families. And it has been an amazing few weeks of growth. And we're not perfect at it. We're not calling each other every day. We're not, um, honestly, we're not even doing it every week. But regularly, we're getting in contact with one another, and we're helping to spur one another on so that we don't quit But there's a fourth choice that we need to make, and it's the choice to agree with God about our sin. We already said that God wants us to grow, and he really does. And if we allow it, that he's going to give us the power to grow. 
We've already said if we choose to go it alone and operate on our own, that we're going to fail. We need other people. And we may succeed for just a little while, right? But, and we may look good on the outside, but on our own, we're not going to make it. Agreeing with God about our sin is another one of the first steps. Coming to a spot where if you're not yet a follower of Christ and telling God, you know what, God, I need you to forgive me. I need a relationship with you. Really is the beginning of this whole process. And so if you find yourself this morning going, you know what, I don't know who Jesus is. I don't have a relationship with him. Then you can right now, you don't have to close your eyes, you don't have to bow your head. You can become a follower of Christ by simply praying to God, simply talking to God. And saying, Lord, to the best that I understand it, I ask you to come into my life to be my leader. God, in other words, I'm giving you control of who I am and to be my forgiver. Lord, forgive me for my sin. Now, what is my sin? It's me choosing to go my own way and to do my own things. God, instead, I want to submit to your will and your ways. Help me to do that. Now, the beautiful thing is, is the scripture says, if you pray something like those words, again, and you don't have to get those words just right, because God's concerned about what's going on on the inside of you. Scripture says, if you pray that, that you become a follower of Christ. You You become one of his adopted children. And that you get to grow while you're here. And then spend eternity with him one day. If you prayed that, just as we were talking through that, on the back of your response card, Let us know about it. There's a box that you can check that says, today I'm becoming a follower of Christ. But for those of you guys that are already followers of Christ, there's an important part of our relationship with Jesus that we have to keep going and keep doing. Now, when you become a follower of Christ, all of your sin is forgiven. But from a relationship standpoint, it is still important for us, because here's the reality, we still mess up, don't we? As a follower of Christ, we're not perfect on this side of eternity. It's still important for us to confess our sin. And here's something that's cool. 1 John 1.9 says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive. He's faithful to forgive. And then in Isaiah chapter 43 verse 25, God is speaking and he says, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. Claim both, both of those verses. Pray both of those verses and submit to God and tell him about any sin that you have in your life. Stay in a right relationship with him. But there's a fifth choice that you and I need to make and it's this. Choose to let Jesus live in and through you. Choose to rely on his power. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says, it is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. You see, this Christian life isn't just about you and I trying harder. I said that at the beginning. It's still true. It's about letting Jesus live in and through us. Think about a glove for just a moment. A glove without a hand inside of that glove is pretty useless, right? That glove can't do much on its own. If I had a glove up here and had it laying on the stage, unless there was a hand in that glove, that glove is absolutely worthless. It can't do much. Think of us as the glove, and Jesus is the hand that goes inside of that glove. And then once Jesus is in that glove, what does that glove get to do? It gets to pick things up. It gets to do things, right? It's the same way in our walk with Christ. If we allow him to be the power, we allow him to be the hand inside of us, he will cause us and cause you to grow.
we're going to take a few moments and we're going to get to do this spiritual assessment. On the, uh, at the end of each row, there's a stack of books that look like this. If you're seated uh, at, the, at the end of the row, if you'll grab that stack, take one of these and pass it down the aisle so that everybody else can grab one. You'll notice that it's called the Spiritual Health Assessment and Spiritual Health Planner. We're going to help you go through this. Now, there's a temptation right now to start flipping through all the pages and see what's in there. I'm going to ask you not to do that. I'm going to walk you through what to do and how to do this. If you'll turn with me to page four of this book, page four will look like this. At the top of that page, it'll say Spiritual Health Assessment, and then you will see a number of questions, and out to those questions, you'll see uh, uh, one, two, three, four, five. That should be the page that you're looking at, page four. Uh, you'll notice on that those questions are broken down into five categories, worship, fellowship. You can write out next to fellowship, belong. It's, these coincide with our dogwood journey, by the way. Discipleship is grow. Ministry is serve. And evangelism is share. Right? Now, here's what we're going to give you to do. We're going to give you about five minutes. And I want you to ask yourself, these questions, and ask God the Holy Spirit to reveal to you where you are. So, for instance, the question number one, how I live my life shows that God is my highest priority. If that doesn't describe you, you would circle the number one. If it generally describes you, you'd circle the number five. Now, before we start on this, let me look, look at me in the eye for just a second. It's okay to give yourself a five in some of these areas. Some of you have a personality that if you're ever doing tests, you never, ever, ever rank something a ten. Because you, you go, hey, there's always room for improvement. I get that. I understand that. Number five doesn't say I'm perfect at this. Number five says generally it describes who you are. Okay? Don't be afraid to give yourself a five. It's okay to do that. All right, so you got five minutes. Go through these questions. Circle the answers. Or excuse me, circle the number. If you get finished, all I want you to do is to total up in each section the, the, the circles that you circled, excuse me, the numbers that you circled, total them up, and write down the worship total. Do the same thing for fellowship total. Same thing for discipleship total. All right? Jump in. All right, it looks like most people had a chance to get done. If you didn't, don't panic. You're going to get another couple minutes in just a second. Uh, let me tell you how to use this now. Because, uh, again, it's not so much just about getting the score here. Again, please don't look at your neighbor because it doesn't matter what there says. Uh, what I want you to do, uh, if you had a chance to total up your numbers, uh, you would, as an example, on your worship total, whatever it was that you had, whether you had a 12, 15, 25, 28, doesn't matter what the number is, on the back outside cover of this little booklet is a place for you, uh, the top of that page, by the way, says spiritual health plan for, and then your name is what you'd write there. Um, you would then go to the worship column, excuse me, the worship row under purpose, where it says, how I scored myself. You'd write down the number for worship. And then you'd write down the number for fellowship and discipleship, ministry, and evangelism. All right? Then, we're going to give you a couple minutes to do this as well. What I'd want you to do is to spend a little bit of time looking at those totals, how you scored yourself in all of those areas. And I want you to pray and ask God, God, is there an area that you want me to grow in? By the way, don't try to tackle all five of these purposes all at once. Just pick one. That's all we want you to do is pick one and say, okay, I want to get better. Let's say that the Lord led you to get better in the area of fellowship. Maybe that was your lowest scoring one. So if that was the case, you, you'd say, okay, I want to get better in fellowship. Then you would turn over to the fellowship section, which is on page nine 
in your books. Now, every one of these sections has a different, different page, but for, for the illustrative purposes, we're on page 9 for fellowship. On page 9, you'll see the same questions that you ranked yourself on just a little bit ago, right? You following so far? Yes? Thank you. All right. You'll see the same questions. Here's what we want you to do. What's one question that I need to get better at? Maybe, there was, maybe you did okay in a couple of the areas, but there was one that you ranked yourself a one or a two. And you're like, the Lord wants me to get better and grow in this particular area. Let's say it was the question almost at the bottom of that page. I gather regularly with a group of Christians for fellowship and accountability. You're saying, you know what, I only gave myself a one or a two there. I want to get better and grow. Well, out next to that, you'll see uh, in that row, and the, the tops of the heading is a column, crawl, walk, and run steps. A crawl step would be something relatively easy. A walk step might be a little bit harder, and a run step might be a, a, a little bit harder, take a little more time. So here, under I gather regularly with a group of Christians for fellowship and accountability, the crawl step would be I'm going to begin attending a group weekly for Bible study. Uh, if you wanted to walk on that, uh, you want to invite others to your group, or if you wanted to run step, something again a little bit harder, you're going to lead a small group. That's what you'd write down. So then you'd go back to the back cover, and you'd say under practices, you'll notice the question under practices, what do I need to do? You would write down your crawl, walk, or run step that coordinated with the question that you were at. So in this case, I used fellowship as an example. Meeting with a small group was the crawl step. So on the back page there, I would write down, begin meeting with a small group regularly. All right, does that make sense? We're going to give you a, a minute and a half or so to start that process. Again, I know you probably won't get all the way finished with it. It's okay. We want to give you a little bit of time on it. About a minute and a half. Start that process of looking through of what that looks like. And then I'll gather us together. We'll, uh, we'll pray and then, uh, and then we'll sing. So take just a minute. All right, so again, I, I know up front we didn't give you quite enough time to totally finish it. But here's what I want to ask you to do. Before the sun goes down today, finish what we were working on. Develop that plan. Put down the action step. Whatever that action step was, under the thing that you're going to practice, write it down and then share it with somebody. Maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's your friend. Share it with somebody so that they can help hold you accountable to grow. Use this again as a tool as you're going throughout this year to look back. There's also some great resources in there uh, under each section. If you flip over a couple of pages under each section, there's a whole lot of other resources that will help you to grow in those areas of worship and fellowship and discipleship and so on. But I want to pray for us and then we're going to sing. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this morning. God, we thank you that you want us and desire for us to grow. And God, I thank you that you have put us together as a Dogwood Church family to help spur one another on to love and good deeds. So Lord, help us to never neglect the habit of meeting together so that we, we may grow in our love for you and for other people. And it's in your son's name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the Dogwood Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message. For more information and other sermons, visit dogwood.church. If you would like to give to Dogwood Church, you can use your smartphone and text keyword DOGWOOD to 77977 or click the Give link online. You can now download the Dogwood Church app for Apple and Android devices for podcast, video, and to give.